0: Hi everyone, so this week is the portion of Toldot and there are a lot of secrets in this week's portion and one of my favorite topics in spirituality and Kabbalah is reincarnation and this week if we can touch a little bit upon reincarnation because really this whole story about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is reincarnation and how does that work? So basically Rabbi Isaac Luria tells us that the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the matriarchs, which was Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, all contained the souls of Adam and Eve. So respectfully, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob contained the soul of Adam. And Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel contained the soul of Eve. And together, they, their, um, their job in this world was to rectify the sin of the Garden of Eden. And so how exactly did they do this? Abraham, when he was thrown into the furnace for breaking his father's idols, rectified the sin of idol worshiping. Isaac, when he was offered up as a sacrifice, rectified the sin of murder. And both of them were saved because the sins that they were rectifying weren't their own sins, but they were Adam's. And even then, it wasn't complete because each of them gave birth to a son that was opposite of righteous. Abraham gave birth to Ishmael, and Isaac gave birth to Esau, Esav. And Avram prayed that Ishmael would repent, do tshuva, and return to the Creator, and his prayers were answered. Isaac thought that by giving a blessing to Esau, he would be able to give him the light of the Creator and thereby influence him to do tshuva. But because the sin of Adam came from his wife, Eve, the person who actually needed to rectify Esau was Rebekah, Isaac's wife. And so for their part, according to Rabbi Isaac Luria, the brothers, Jacob and Esau, were basically the souls of Cain and Abel, more reincarnation. So the two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, were Jacob and Esau. Now Esau, the older brother, wanted to kill Jacob the same way that Cain the older son of Adam killed Abel. Now Isaac sends Esau out to the field to bring, you know, to hunt and bring him food in the same way that Cain who killed Abel killed him in the fields. It's very interesting. And then Isaac asks Esau to bring him food, which is basically the difference, the minimum difference of between what happened between Adam and, and, and between Cain and Abel and and Jacob and Esau. So the same way that Adam was given to eat two kinds of food, remember the two trees, good and bad, from the tree of knowledge, right? That that's why Isaac sent Esau to bring food as sort of the rectification. Now Jacob, who was renamed Israel later assumed that the world hadn't been rectified yet after the sin of Adam, and that's why he told his mother that he was afraid to bring his brother's clothes and receive his blessing instead of his brother, because if the rectification was complete, then the blessings would be going to the right place to Jacob, but if not, they would only be adding to the mix of good and evil. They wouldn't actually fix anything. So... This is why Jacob said to his mother, and I will have brought upon myself a curse and not a blessing. He wasn't afraid of doing it. He was thinking about the rectification of the world. These were tremendous souls. But what does Rebecca tell him? That the time had come to rectify the sin of Adam and Eve, and it was her her job, her task in this big plan to play it. So therefore she said to Jacob, your curse is upon me, meaning that the curse that Eve had brought upon the world by giving Adam the fruit from the tree of knowledge, in the same way, the curse which Rebecca, as, as a reincarnation of Eve, is now intending to rectify, to fix. So she continues and she says to Jacob, listen to my voice, which is exactly what God said to Adam when he punished him and said, since you listen to your wife's voice, And finally, since it was Eve who urged Adam to eat from the tree, it was Rebecca as her reincarnation who caused Isaac to eat, this time for the purpose of rectification, for the purpose of fixing it. And that's why Isaac was led properly to bless his son Jacob and bring healing to the world. And through this explanation, we see that Jacob's deceitful act because it looks like a deceit of getting the blessing instead of his father really was all a plan from the creator in the big scheme of reincarnation to Rectify the world and bring everything back to balance and this is probably one of the most powerful explanations I've heard of this portion because Really without reincarnation. It's kind of it's kind of hard to understand what's going on here and all the players in the game now this portion is basically dominated by Isaac digging wells. Can you imagine? There's not much that's said about Isaac in the Torah besides digging the wells. And so, what's the story about digging wells? So Shemish of course, the kabbalist that I use in most of my in most of my lectures here, um, talks about what does digging wells represent. And he quotes a verse that says, "Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water." but a man of understanding will draw it out. So what does this mean? It means that the advice already exists in your heart. The wise person, the person that you go to for counseling or for coaching or for guidance, doesn't create the advice, he only digs it out of you. He covers, he uncovers all of the layers and digs it out of you because it's already inside of you. And that's why Isaac was digging wells. What does it mean? The spiritual connection with the Creator is inside of us. But like when Isaac was digging a well, you have to remove all of the dirt and the physicality that's covering the water. And when we dig our internal wells, we need to take everything that is covering our heart. And while we're doing that, we should be able to get excited over our connection to the Creator. But the physical world acts like a thick cover around our hearts, around our minds, and it prevents us from actually seeing spirituality, prevents us actually from connecting to our inner soul. And it was Isaac, by digging the wells, that showed us that we must remove the coverings in order to see the light. You know, it, it's, it's easy to understand on, let's say, no pain, no gain. When you go on the treadmill, when you go on the Peloton, the new thing that everyone's doing because can't go to the gym. It's easy to understand that if you don't push and you don't do that resistance of 65 and the cadence of 110, you're not going to lose weight. No pain, no gain. But when it comes to spirituality, because it's something that we can't see, we can't touch, it's so hard to understand that our hearts are covered. Every time we are angry, every time we become jealous, every time we become mad at ourselves, every time we have low self-esteem, It's not just about how we treat others, it's about how we treat ourselves. Every time that we go to those places, we add another cover on top of our hearts and we're actually covering our well, our well of inner knowledge, our well of knowing what we need to do to connect to the creator, knowing what we need to do to make our lives better. So water is basically the symbol of spirituality and it lies deep in our soul because it needs to be removed from all that dirt, all that dust, all that crumb, all those bad things that we say about ourselves, all the negativities that we have around us. Abraham knew the secret too, and he dug wells during his lifetime too. But he wasn't completely successful in defeating the power of the physical, and that's why the Philistines were able to fill in and stop his wells. It was only Isaac who came along with his fear and awe of the creator, who was able to permanently remove any kind of coverings and open those wells. He was able to get rid of any of the the obstructions, any of the negativities, any of the filth, the dirt that was covering the wells. And one of the um, commentators, the Rambam, goes so far as to say the Ramban, goes so far as to say that the wells that Isaac dug represent the temple that was to be built several hundreds of years later by the descendants of Isaac. Again, reincarnation. And the Israelites would come to the temple in order to actually connect to their spirituality, connect to the Creator. And the open miracles of the temple are the awareness of the spiritual flame that is inside of us. But Shem Mishwal says that Even something as amazing as understanding the power of the creator can become mundane. For example, he uses Hagar, the maidservant of Sarah, who saw angels in the desert and wasn't in awe. And one of the commentators, Rashi, explains that because she had gotten used to seeing angels in the house of Abraham and Sarah, it wasn't a big deal. So what are we getting used to? What are the miracles around us that we see every day that we're used to? Opening our eyes, breathing by ourselves, being healthy, not getting sick. Those are miracles, but we take those for granted because we're lucky enough to open our eyes every day and be healthy. When anything positive repeats itself, it becomes ordinary. And there has to be a way for us to... Rejuvenate our spiritual selves. And that is another reason for digging wells, to remind us that there are spiritual treasures that are there and that they can't become a habit. We need to dig every day into ourselves to see what are those treasures that we haven't found yet. You know, in this COVID 19 era, I don't know if any of you have watched Vital or have seen Eliyahu, have seen everything that we do together. We're trying to reinvent ourselves every day. Why? Because we know that we need to appreciate everything that we have. But sometimes, because those things look so mundane, because those things become habit, they don't seem like miracles. Digging inwards, digging into your spiritual wells will rejuvenate you, will give you excitement about your lives, will give us excitement about our lives. And we need the constant inspiration to be able to be in awe, to be able to be in amazement. So that's why Isaac dug the five wells, to tell us that not only can we uncover the point of the creator godliness within each of and every one of ourselves, but that we have a responsibility to keep it alive within us. We have a responsibility to be inspiring all the time. And how do we do that? through study, through study, 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 and spirituality, and not taking anything for granted. This portion tells us that Isaac loved his less than righteous son Esau more than Jacob who was truly his righteous son, because Esau put food in his mouth, meaning literally he used to go every day and hunt and kill and cook for his father. And One of the commentators explains that Esau would try to fool his father, asking him what seemed to be sophisticated questions in the law, which were in fact nonsense. For example, Esau asked Isaac how to tithe from salt or from straw, which if you knew the laws, you don't really need to tithe from salt and straw. So Shemishma asks, why did Esau take these specific examples of salt and straw in order to fool his father rather than any other questions that he could ask and Shem Yishmuel begins the answer by saying that the entire universe is based on the duality of primary versus secondary or essential versus superficial important versus not important priorities for example this world as spirituality sees it, is secondary to the world to come. So the six days of creation are secondary to the importance of Shabbat. The principle is also in the physical world. When we eat a piece of fruit, it's clear that the edible portion obviously is more important than the core, than the seeds, that we're not going to eat, we're only going to throw them away. Or if you have an orange, what's more important, the peel or the orange itself inside? Obviously, the inside is the primary, and the peel is the secondary. It's just covering the fruit and keeping it safe. So if we take this, the main challenge is to see the difference between the essential versus the superficial. Whatever is secondary or superficial needs to be known as secondary and superficial. And then it can actually reach its potential. So what does that mean? If we if we understand that this physical world is not as important, really, as the world to come, and that this world is really only practice for the world to come, then this world, our lives, become spiritual, and they become elevated, and they become holy. When we understand the importance of Shabbat, or we understand the importance of studying spirituality, studying Torah, or praying and meditating... And we do it on Shabbat, then we understand that the the rest of the week the rest of the six days of the week become holy not because they are holy but because they are secondary to Shabbat so everything we do builds up to the holiness of Shabbat, which is the primary it says that from Shabbat to Shabbat meaning from Sunday to Tuesday you still have the energy of the Shabbat before Wednesday to Friday you start preparing for the Shabbat to come Shemish explains that the relationship between Jacob and Esau was the same. Esau was secondary to Jacob. We know that Jacob is really who the primary important person would be because the lineage would come from Jacob. Now Esau eventually received the blessings for physical wealth and bounty, while Jacob received the true birthright, which was the connection to the creator. Esau's real importance came from being subservient And obedient to Jacob as the physical must take second place to the spiritual unfortunately sometimes we don't see it that way Esau didn't see it that way he saw himself as being dominant and important because he gave food to his father and this was a mistake he would have achieved his own perfection by accepting Jacob as his spiritual mentor and then he would be able to reach his own potential And that's why Esau asked his father about tithing straw and salt because salt or straw are not important things. They're only secondary. You can eat food without salt and it only enhances the food, but it's not the important part of the food. And you don't need a straw at all. You don't need straw at all. You really only need straw in the straw that we're talking about in those days to feed animals, but you can feed animals other things. So Esau, following his own nature, focused on what was superficial and secondary instead of really realizing the importance and the essential things in life. We need to understand what's secondary and what's primary in our lives. We need to understand that if we don't have complete clarity of who we are, that's secondary to actually digging the wells, going deep inside, or if we already go to advice or coaching, being open to having that coach, having that advisor dig out of us the things we can't see because our eyes look out. It's very hard for ourselves to look inside of us. Isaac was digging those wells for future generations. And the people that we have in our lives that can truly help us without agenda, without trying to gain something for themselves, but they are well diggers. Those are the people that we should look for to help it, for help in our lives. Thank you.